I'd love to give a shout out and thanks to the other musicians that worked on the soundtrack too. Um, yeah, bust it out. We had Jeff Ball and Michaela Noctigal play violins. Uh, Michael Evans played cello. Stemmage played guitar. Kristen mm-hmm. Nigus performed the winds. Um, it was just so amazing to get to work with everybody. Um, oh, and uh, I, I think whenever you get there in the game, um, Sarashu whistles like... <laughs> He, he's always walking around the house whistling, so I insisted we have to do a song in which you whistle. So that's great. That's, that's in there, too. Nice. How does he stack up to Andrew Bird as far as the whistling goes? I, love, I know Andrew Bird. <laughs> I, I just know, know he's Andrew like, I feel like he's pretty widely considered to be like the, the best whistler. I don't know if that's even a thing, but... <laughs> I, I don't know who Andrew Bird is, but I would say Suresh is pretty good (laughs) he's got some chops nice nice andrew bird's a a chicago guy so we're we're not that i guess i knew of him before i even moved to chicago wait is he really yeah yeah i saw him at uh millennium park right when i first moved here oh i'm gonna have to fact check you kevin yeah i don't know he's from chicago (laughs) trust me trust me guys i promise i promise oh yeah he's he's in illinois at least he was born in illinois there you go. There you go. I'm <laughs> wrong a lot. I'll admit it when I'm wrong. I knew he was uh, before he was, I don't know, famous for his solo stuff. He was a part of the Squirrel Nut Zippers, the oh, 90s swing revival. <laughs> I've heard of them, but I didn't know that. Nice trivia. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolary. Hey, everybody. And John Hines. Hey there. And for the second time on the podcast, we've got uh, some special guests with us tonight. We have uh, the composers, or a couple of the composers from uh, Ickenfell, a game that we've all been playing recently. We've got uh, Ivy Tran with us. Hi there. And we've got Sabrielle Augustin. Hello. How are you both doing today? Doing good. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. We're really excited to to have you. And uh, I guess we can just kind of get right into it. I've been playing. uh, I keep wanting to call it Inkenfell, no matter what (laughs) I'm looking at. it. I even named this chat Inkenfell interview. Um, But uh, but yeah, Inkenfell. I've been playing it. I got to about just to the start of chapter three earlier today, and I'm actually really, really sucked into this game. So been really enjoying uh, the music and just every element of the gameplay. But uh, how did you both uh, get involved in the project? Like, was it something that you because the music plays a, a pretty big role in the game from what I've seen so far? I'm going to let Ivy answer that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, Chevy first approached me and Sarashu because of our work on Steven Universe. But what really drew me to the project was when he mentioned that the story would be about relationships and friendships. And he said to us that us being married really fit the vibe of the game. And that just made me feel so drawn to the project, knowing that it would be about relationships. And it just seemed like a really special project. Yeah, definitely. And what about you, Sabriel? How did you get involved? Because I know that uh, you were coming into this project separately. So how did the two of you start uh, collaborating together? Uh, Yeah, I've known uh, Ivy for um, quite a while now. So uh, we go way back to 2010, YouTube days. 
Um, so yeah, we're, we're, nice. we're friends. Um, we ended up reconnecting at earlier this year. Um, and it's been, yeah, it just, we really wanted to collaborate together. Um, and it kind of just happened through conversation. Um, I was going through stuff. She was going through stuff on her end and more specifically, like, uh, where her audio team needed some help. So, uh, yeah, uh, just, it was just like friends reconnecting, just really want to work together and, uh, me wanting to be productive and yeah, it just happened. That's awesome. It makes perfect sense for like a game that kind of focuses around relationships and whatnot, like bringing some friends back together to work on some music together. That's really awesome. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, the, the soundtrack is so collaborative and I think, um, that's what makes it so special to me, like getting to work with friends and people I admire, like Sabrielle. Um, I have just loved Sabrielle's music for such a long time, and I've been listening to it for 10 years, and I was really happy when we reconnected this year. Um, I guess that was the silver lining of the pandemic. Like, all of us suddenly had a lot of time to start talking to each other. And Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was really struggling with the music because the soundtrack is massive. Like, I think that um, we ended up having at least 80 different songs in the game. Oh, jeez. Um, mm-hmm. Although 75 of them made it onto the soundtrack. But also earlier wow. in the year, I um, sustained a repetitive strain injury. So I was extra having trouble finishing the soundtrack. And um, Sabrielle and I just started talking at the exact right time. And I asked if she would be available to um, work with us on the music. And I was so happy that she said yes, because... It's been a dream of mine to get to do something with her for so long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really awesome. That's great. Yeah, along those lines, like there are a lot of, you know, uh, guest musicians that are on the soundtrack as well as like a lot of uh, guest singers as well. Like I I saw that uh before I even started playing the game that uh Samus is on a couple of the tracks as a and like Kevin, you've gone oh and my like God. seen yeah, her I perform s- live. So like, yeah, she opened up for o- Open Mike Eagle, and nothing against Open Mike Eagle, but like, I just was like, yeah, that was pretty good. But like, so the Samish's show was just unbelievable. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen live. Nice. Just the energy. Uh, so I'm really excited to get to those points in the game. I don't think I've heard any of the songs that she's featured on yet, but. Yeah, but uh, how did you get involved with, like, a lot of, like, were those also friendships that you had in the past, or were those people that you approached for the project? So, the vocalists that we collaborated with on the Aikenfell soundtrack were all people that I knew prior to working on the game. Um, I fell in love with Samus's music after hearing her song, Mae Jemison, and, um, I think she inspired me so much in the way that she combines feminism and politics with art. And it made me realize, wow, I can do that too, maybe. <laughs> and um, and then for Adriana Figueroa, we've known each other for a really long time. Um, she's one of the vocalists on the soundtrack as well. Um, and I've always dreamed of collaborating with her too. So I found a good opportunity in the game to do so. And um, I'm good friends with Renko, the vocal uh you've probably encountered her song already if you are in chapter three 
I think. Is it uh, during one of the boss battles? I don't want to spoil anything, but... <laughs> That's right. That's the yes. one. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, I have. And it was it caught me really by surprise because there hadn't been any vocals up to that point in the game. Oh, okay. And it, was, it was a really, mm-hmm. like... I, you just don't see that a ton. We were kind of discussing in our Discord earlier, like, what other games, like, have that? You know, there's obviously stuff that we played, like, you know, Sayonara Wild Hearts yeah. recently, or, like, games that are really, like, kind of rhythm-based and really kind of have a musical emphasis, uh, like, incorporated into the gameplay, where this is, like, kind of thematically incorporated into the game with the the lyrics and whatnot, but at the same time, it's, like, you know, you're not necessarily putting in commands to the rhythm of the music. It's just kind of its own element. It really kind of brings the game to life, especially during that battle. It just like I just sat up off my seat during that section. Yeah, I was going to say like that, like was at, uh, like it commanded enough like attention that my wife was working next to me on her laptop, like as I was playing the game. And then as soon as the lyrics kicked in in the song, she kind of like just stopped what she was doing and just like started watching the screen and listening <laughs> along. And like it was it's just like it it doesn't happen a lot that like it's you don't usually get. Yeah, like songs with lyrics that are original compositions that unless it's a like. A, a music-based game, like literally, like get in, incorporated into the gameplay. So having something like that is, I don't know, it's really effective, especially yeah. in a pixel art style game. That's a really interesting juxtaposition that you don't see very often. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. I think in the end, I just really wanted to work with my friends, and um, it, it definitely was something that I had to debate with myself a little bit because of the pixel art style, but I kind of decided, you know what, like, I, I, I want to, I just want to do it. I want to have fun and do it. So we ended up um, adding the vocal songs into the game. Um, there's one more vocalist we worked with who is Rekadam, who's a rapper and also a drummer, and they do a drum solo in one of the songs oh, cool. as well. Oh, wow. As well as rapping, so I'm um, sorry. Oh, spoilers so again. Cool. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool, though. Um, now, is this uh, for both of you? Is this the first time you've worked on a video game soundtrack, or what kind of uh, music were you working on before this? I know you mentioned Steven Universe off the top, but anything else that you were working on, or were you strictly working on film or animation or things outside of gaming? I because I, I want to say when we were first corresponding uh, via email. Um, with uh, Scarlet Moon Records, they were mentioning that this was the first soundtrack that uh, you both had worked on uh, for a video game, obviously. That's right. Um, Sabrielle, you can go first. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, so uh, it's really hard to make games in general. Even if a game... It's very hard to have games finish. Oh, Um, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, of course. Um, I've been doing this for a long time. Um, I've worked, the last project I worked on was in Genko, but it's still in production, I think. I have no idea what's happening with that, but I worked on the soundtrack and I released it. Um, and I've worked on some freelancing and I've mostly been traveling a lot and teaching. Um, I was abroad, I've been abroad for a long time. So, um, I've just been, yeah, trying to figure out my life. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, I worked on a few um, freelancing projects, but this was my first um, official game soundtrack that was released, which is uh, really uh, surreal because it's, I didn't think I would ever actually, you know, 
do it. <laughs> but so because of Ivy, I owe so much to her. She's been like, um, like a guardian angel since, since like, since for a long time. So, um, she's always been sharing. So I think most people know me mainly because of her. So we just, yeah, I owe so much <laughs> to her. Um, but yeah, I've just been, yeah, I've, I've just, it's very hard. This field is very hard. Um, so I've, I'm, yeah, I, I, this is the first one I did it. I'm so happy I did it with Ivy and Shadash because I'm a fan. <laughs> so, and I, I've loved their work for a very long time. Um, yeah. Awesome. What about you, uh, Ivy? Was this your first game soundtrack as well? Yeah, um, I've worked on a lot of Kickstarter projects, but like Sabrielle said, um, it's so hard for games to finish and be released. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I put my heart into all the music that I make, so it, it can get hard sometimes um, writing so much game music and you just want it to be out there and you just have to let it sit on your hard drive for such a long time. Um, <laughs> but this is the first soundtrack that made it to the end with the whole game. <laughs> um, so um, we've been experiencing our first game release and, um, you know, again, going back to just themes of friendship and Nick and Fell. I'm just so happy that I got to share this release with so many of my friends and collaborators, um, not just the vocalists and composers, but also the um, musicians and instrumentalists that were on the soundtrack as well. Like, it just felt like, I don't know, this is my musical family, you know, and I got mm-hmm. to make something with them. Yeah. And it's a really great blend of like, uh, it sounds like you did some live instrumentation and there is some like, I'm assuming digital instrumentation as well. Like, you know, it's a nice blend of sounding like, you know, a live band playing but at the same time, and not, you know, not just the singers performing, but like actual musicians playing instruments. But then at the same time, there's definitely a chiptune, you know, retro feel as well uh, to a lot of the tracks, but it just such a, a great variety. But yeah, you can definitely feel that collaboration throughout the soundtrack, I think. Yeah, um, Surashu actually, um, I'll put this in air quotes, like authentically tracked the chiptune using an old school tracker. The reason I put that in air quotes is because he doesn't really stick to um, like hardware specifications or anything. He just kind of goes wild with it. But the techniques that he used are authentic. Um, So our soundtrack, there's just so much... um, like, of course I would say this, but it's, I feel like there's so much talent on our soundtrack. Like there's a person who has spent his lifetime tracking chiptunes and people who have spent their life studying violin and um, other instruments. And there's just so much skill on it. So I think um, that's something you can only get when you work with a lot of people who have developed skill sets over a long period of time. Yeah. And there, and there's something that at least for me, I, th- I think you can feel uh, when you hear when you're hearing someone actually perform a piece of music or a, a part of a song as opposed to just hearing it like programmed in nothing against that. I love that kind of stuff, too. But when you're actually here, like there's just more you can draw more emotion out of it, I think. And it's it's definitely like the music's been sweeping me away. And maybe it's again, I've just been playing it can fell all day today getting ready for the interview. So maybe that's just me getting kind of swept up in it at the moment, but like the sweeping pianos and stuff mm-hmm. like it's, it's a really emotional soundtrack, even just like exploring the overworld in the back. Like I've been humming the tunes all day. And I think that's, that's really awesome. Cause I think games, some games have kind of gotten away from that and leaned more towards like the cinematic approach of like sweeping beautiful orchestral scores that are, there's nothing wrong with that. They're, they're amazing. And in the moment 
they feel awesome, but I'm not walking away from, you know, super, uh, yeah, super Mario Odyssey, like singing those songs. Really. I'm just kind of like, they're cool. And, uh, I guess I'm singing the Mario like theme song, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of <laughs> songs with lyrics in it, but like, um, you know, or, or even like breath of the wild, it's just like beautiful mood setting, tinkly pianos. And right. I love it. But at More the same time, I'm not humming those two. I'm not walking away thinking I'm maybe putting it on while I study, but like it can fell. I'm like, you know, just cleaning my apartment and humming the two, the battle theme, you know, while I'm cleaning up around the apartment. And I think that's something that a lot of games these days are lacking. You know, the Breath of the Wild soundtrack was actually a huge inspiration for me on Ickenfell. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Nice. Yeah. And exactly for the reason that you mentioned, because it has so many beautiful ambient piano melodies. And um, I think that the approach to scoring was very different than past Zelda games, because past Zelda games, they have super strong melodies, mm -hmm. um, really singable yeah. melodies. Um, yep. But this... Uh, but, but the Breath of the Wild soundtrack just kind of did away with that. And even with its references to old songs, um, they didn't, like, do the usual, like, fan tribute. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, so I actually really appreciated that. And... Um, Oh, I love that soundtrack. Yeah, I by, by no means was trying to sell any of those short, but I guess I just meant, uh, yeah, it doesn't like have melodies that stick in your head, I suppose, which is a valid yeah, approach for sure. Yeah, it's really different. Um, I think with Ickenfell, we tried to like get right in the middle of that where we have some strong melodies that you can sing, but also for a lot of the soundtrack, um, I took cues from Breath of the Wild and also our work on Steven Universe where... Um, in Steven Universe, like there's a lot of talking, right? So when you're scoring that, sometimes the right decision is to pull back on melody to make space and complement what's going on a little bit more. Right, right. Yep. And in Ickenfell, there's a lot of reading because it's such a story heavy game. And like for me, I kind of interpret music like another language. So it's really hard for me to listen to really strong melodies and read or talk to someone at the same time because I'll feel like there's another person in the room talking to me. Um, I've kind of yeah. had this problem since I was young. Like I wasn't the kind of person that could listen to music and study at the same time because I would get so distracted wanting to listen to all the details. Um, so I yeah. tried to, or we, we tried to take that into consideration too um, in Ignorance where you know for your dungeons or your um, battle themes you have like those classic standout melodies well I say stand up I mean like um, you know like ones that are meant to like catch your ear but then yeah. in moments where you're doing a lot of reading like we tried to pull back and do more ambient pieces so that players can read without feeling overwhelmed and um, that actually made me really nervous about the soundtrack because I felt like oh if I'm just like playing this one song for my friends they're probably going to be like oh that's nice and like you know not really like understand what's so special about it um it really has to be in context of the game um but i really am happy to hear that some of the melodies were catchy enough for you to be humming and <laughs> if you don't mind me asking like which do you have a favorite song so far I, I mean, I was definitely singing along to that first boss battle. And again, I don't want to spoil who it's against or whatever, but I was definitely singing that in the shower this morning. Nice. <laughs> and also, yeah, just like the battle theme, like I just got uh, I just got to chapter three and just like uh, some of the tunes in the library. I really, really liked a lot, uh, particularly the battle theme in the library um, with all like kind of the the slime monsters and whatnot. I just thought that was super cool. Um 
and yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And I actually think that I know you mentioned the the Steven Universe stuff, and I always got kind of a feeling that there was like some video game influence on that. I even think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if you had any say in this, but I think Steven even has a little GameCube in his uh, yeah. apartment. Like, if I'm not mistaken, I, I always like notice like, is that a GameCube controller? Like, it's a it's such a specific <laughs> controller. It's like, oh, is he playing some some GameCube games? That's I, pretty I know cool. He but has like, I, like a Nintendo 64. He might also have a GameCube. I have to. Maybe Gosh. I'm misremembering. It's been I a might while. Be misremembering. Yeah. <laughs> it has been a while. Um, but no, I mean, was that something you tried to inject into previous work? Because I know you mentioned that you had a, a pretty strong just influence, like just enjoying video game music as most of us do, at least any of us here on this podcast. So, um, definitely enjoy our game music. So I have a terrible confession, and it's that I did not really watch that many cartoons growing up. Um, I. <laughs> Like, I didn't plan on working in animation music at all. Like, I 100% just wanted to be a game composer, and um, game music is all my influences. But the Steven Universe crew happened to be looking for composers with game music influences, so they just happened to find me and Surashu um, just, like, completely by chance. So... Um, it's this weird thing where like our work in game music um, helped us move on to score Steven Universe, but then our work on Steven Universe is now <laughs> helping us get work in games. So it's like this cycle and I think nice. it's funny because it's just all unexpected. I'm just trying to go with the flow and take whatever opportunities come and which ones, you know, whichever opportunities feel right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely great. So uh so in in terms of like when you're composing together, are you when you're collaborating, are you kind of working on different parts of the songs together? Are you working on the sound design at all? Um like as far as like the sound effects or anything like that? Are you strictly doing music or are you are you working on the soundscape of the game as well or um, cause the last composer we had on kind of did a little bit of everything. He you know, I, I know he does a lot of game jams and stuff. So just like, we got to crank this out in two days. <laughs> um, so I think that's kind of maybe a little more common to do both, but I guess, yeah. Are you working on that aspect of the game as well? Like setting the tone? Um, so a shell in the pit did the sound design for Ickenfell. And I actually think this is really cool, but our sound designers on the game were all women and awesome. our music team nice. as well. Most of the music team are women and non-binary people. So we just had this like strong feminine energy throughout the whole game. And I think that everything was really cohesive and worked really well together. Um, Sarasho actually does do sound design himself. But on this particular project, we just wanted to stick to music, um, especially since we were doing Steven Universe at the same time. Yeah, and doing 80 tracks for this game, so... <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Oh, sadly, yeah. I really saved my butt on that one. <laughs> yeah, and what what aspect of the, the composing are you stepping in on, Sabrielle? Are you working on more of the performance or more of the composition as well, or, or collaborating? Um, yeah, well, I, when I first started this, I, I, Ivy and Sadash already had, like, a uh, multiple tracks that were already done so uh, coming in I just wanted to make sure that I my compositions fit with what they were the whole feel that they already uh, created um, while I also wanted to keep my my musical character so yeah I, I did 
the music compositions. I use chip tunes. I don't usually use chip tunes on my composition. So that was very interesting. Um, yeah, so that's just mostly focused on chip tunes, right, right Ivy? Yeah, I, I would say that his tracker is his musical weapon of choice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't blame. I can't blame. <laughs> Yeah, I have a lot of respect for Slash um, for that. Chiptune is really, yeah, it's not as easy as, as it looks. So, um, yeah, it's hard to, yeah, and I just, I think it's really cool. I, I thought it was, I bowed down to Slash. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, on that subject, like, when you were collaborating with each other and, like, writing stuff, like, were you, like, kind of, like talking at all or discussing, like, oh, these are, like, the like plugins that I'm using for a certain thing or like these are the instruments that I'm using or like where you just kind of like going uh, like listening to each other's stuff and then like building off of that. Um, I guess the story I wanted to tell was that um, for one of the areas in the game, um, I think you've reached that area. It's the Southern Dorms. Um, I worked with yeah. Michaela Noctigal, who played violin on that theme, and we did a read session over Skype where she got on Skype with her violin and said, okay, talk me through this song. We're going to figure out how to perform this. And I, like, instead of giving her a technical explanation, like, oh, I want you to play, you know, um, forte here and then crescendo there, I, I said to her, well... I'm going for this feeling, and that feeling is um, like you're entering these dorms where your sister used to live, and so the environment should be a little bit warm, but at the same time, um, no, your sister hasn't told anybody about your existence, so you're feeling a little insecure, and so the area feels a little bit hostile because of that, so it's like instead of approaching this like, you know, a dungeon theme, we really thought about the emotional context. And, you know, after I said this to her, like, perform this as if it was a piece that is warm and intimate, but also a little bit hostile and feeling like you're not welcome and you don't belong. And then she just nailed it after that. Like, nice. um, being able to work with that emotional context is really, really helpful because that's how I think about music when I'm writing it. Yeah. No, that's, that's really so awesome. Cool. Yeah. To be able to collaborate with people that closely and like, again, not have to speak in musical terms per se, just speak on an emotional level and like, okay, we're connecting and we know what the end goal is. Like, let's just put out some music that fits this tone or this vibe or this emotion. That's yeah. really cool. And, you know, it, it, it's just been my experience that I happen to have an easier time talking to other women about this, but that's, you know, at the I don't want to um, stereotype or put boxes on people. Of course, anyone of any gender can do anything they want and think of music however they want. So um, I, I apologize if I come off yeah. very um, no, I, I, restrictive. I don't that, no, I don't, I don't take it that way at all. No, and, uh, no we don't. And I think uh, it, I, what I'm kind of interested to ask, and again, not to go back to Steven Universe, but I know that's a show that really kind of focuses on female empowerment, maybe not exclusively. It kind of just focuses on just empowerment in general. Um, but but I guess it, it does have more of that element where all the crystal gems have like these very, 
it just seems like gender's a little more nebulous on that show, which is uh, I did, when I first heard of Steven Universe, it was kind of even like my impression of it was like, oh, it's a it must be this adult swim show or whatever. And then I watched it. It's like this would be totally viable for kids to watch. And I've cried during episodes. I've laughed my ass off during episodes. I mean, it really hits all the emotions. But I think it really like that through line. Do you do you find that there's like a little bit of a thread there between it can fell and Steven Universe? Oh, definitely. I think that both Steven Universe and Ickenfell um, really tried to like challenge our current ideas of binary gender and gender expectations. Um, I think it's it was really important to the crews of both teams to um, push back against the stereotypes and to subvert all those expectations. Um, yeah. Ickenfell has a really diverse cast, and in addition to being a composer, I actually worked as a sensitivity editor on the team as well, just oh, making awesome. sure nice. that um, all of the characters of color and of different genders are respectfully portrayed. Um, we actually have, um, well, okay, no, this is spoiler territory. I won't reveal <laughs> who your party members are, but mm-hmm. we, we put a lot of love into Ickenfell, and I think that... Um, I think something about Ickenfell is that, um, or sorry, something about Steven Universe is that um, the, the show, the the crew of the show, especially Rebecca Sugar, the creator, had to fight so hard to get some of that representation on TV. Like, um, I think, I believe we are one of the first children's cartoons to have a lesbian wedding on TV. Mm-hmm. And to, yeah. you know this is a wholesome thing. Like you always see um, boys and girls getting married, like princes and princesses getting married in kids media. So why is it adult themed when there are queer relationships and mm-hmm, our right. show really, really tried to challenge those ideas and love is for kids basically, um, no matter its form. Um, in a way, I, I feel that it's the responsibility of media that comes after Steven Universe, since we've done so much work to push for what we accomplished there. Um, like, it is the responsibility of media after Steven Universe to push harder, you know? Like, I think yeah. going at the level of Steven Universe, in my opinion, isn't enough. It's like, uh, we've done this work and so that you can run, you know? Yeah. yeah and yeah. it can, it can fail runs. It was really rewarding to get to be a part of that process. Um, I think that our sensitivity editors, um, Joanna Blackheart and Jericho Green did such a phenomenal job. And, um, I feel like my contributions were a bit smaller than theirs. Um, but it was very important for us to make the representation in the game very respectful um and when you're playing through like we don't want anyone to feel tokenized like we want everyone to just feel like hey this is just a thing in this world it's actually not a big deal even though i'm here on this podcast making a big deal of it um (laughs) it's actually just like you know no no one questions it nobody asks like oh why do you go by these pronouns like that's Mm -hmm. no one cares it's just right Right. you know that's who you are Yeah, no. And that's important. Like you said, even though like it's important for like media to put it out there and not make a big deal about it, but still it's it's totally okay to make a big deal about the fact that 
you're doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't necessarily have to call attention to it within the show or within the game itself. You just do it. But it's there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, we worked really hard to make sure that this game felt totally inclusive to anyone playing. You know, and that's that's something that a lot of games can't say, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, awesome. Nice. So are you two working like on on like independently on separate songs? Or are you collaborating on any of the same compositions or? Um, for now, we worked on separate songs, but cool. I I think it'd be fun to, you know, get to um, combine. Yeah. <laughs> combine forces. Yeah, I would love that. We did a little improvisation um, over Skype together <laughs> where <laughs> I um, I recorded some piano and was playing with some beats and she um, put violin over it or she recorded violin over it and we added like rain sounds and we made this little doodle together in like 15 minutes and it's really pretty if I or I think That's so. Awesome. So I want to do that more but like you know, for longer songs. Because uh, yeah. honestly, that's been one of the hardest things about uh, like this pandemic and being away from people like Kevin and I are in a band together and like I haven't played music with another person in months and in almost a year. I mean, it's we've been yeah. locked down since March, you know, and it's almost November. Yeah. And like it's it's just uh, I really miss that collaborative energy of working with another person and like the, just like getting the chance to like have some build something creatively in the satisfaction of like hearing that so that's i think that's really special and really cool that you guys got to do that yeah and feeding off each other's energy too because i know sometimes like it's not necessarily a competitive thing but it's like you know if if one of the two of you cranks out a new tune for the soundtrack and you're like oh man that's really good like i gotta i gotta <laughs> live i gotta write something i gotta you know dust i gotta live up to that basically um, I don't know. Yeah, I know like whenever John will come up with a cool bass lick, it's just like, oh, man, I got to come up with a riff that complements that <laughs> worthy of that bass lick. I think yeah. with like the competitive thing, I try not to think about that. I, I mean, I think back then I, when I was going to school, I always felt that. But I think over the years, one thing I'm realizing everyone is so different um, and I've gone through so much and most of my compositions are kind of emotional. So. I kind of just stick to what I can do, what I'm good at. So I I am really, like, it's, it's the competitive thing. I really, really don't like. Like, I was a violinist when I was in orchestra. Like, you have to, like, really um, work for a first chair or, like, yeah. in the front row. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I hated that. Like, I almost quit the violin because of that. It's just... And this was in high school, so mm -hmm. yeah, the structured competition of that, yeah, does not Ooh. sound as as desirable. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, I just push if I don't like compete. I kind of keep things, um, like I just I compose like Sabriel composition. Like, like if yeah. someone were to hire me, like and tell me they want to hire Hans Zimmer, I'd be like, go hire Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. I'm Sabriel. Yeah. If you want to hire me and my work, then hire me. And just like with Ivy, like I, I really just like I love her work, and I think it's hers, and I think it's it that that's what it is, and that's it, and that's how I think I see things. So yeah, no, that that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I think competition always stressed me out. Um, although, admittedly, when I first started working with Sarashu, I think like just a little competitive edge is what fueled us. And I think it made me like experience 
competition in a safe way, you know, like in a way that yeah. didn't make mm-hmm. me feel terrible afterwards, but like, hey, we kind of egged each other on until we made this cool thing together. But for the most part, yeah, competition stresses me out. And um, I, you know, I just I just want to be friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I was getting at for sure. It's just like some friendly competition of like, oh, man, like my friend just wrote this awesome song. Like now I want to more more like inspired by, I guess. But you just I, I know like, yeah, I just feel like if John came up with something super cool, like I got to live up to that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like that. There's just like a straight up, like, Hey, I'm going to stick to my roots here. And like, I, I like what I make and that's awesome. Um, but yeah, what about, I know you both mentioned that you have like a, a big, like you, like you wanted to get into making music for games in general. Like what are some of your big influences on that front? Like I know a lot of us, we talk retro music and what, one thing we do kind of shamefully on the podcast all the time is we'll talk about a game for like 20 minutes and then we'll go oh yeah and the music's awesome and like it, as we're wrapping up the conversation just kind of as an afterthought never meaning to do so but right. we just always kind of forget to address how awesome game music can be on the podcast so we're really happy to have some composers on but yeah what are some of your favorite like inspirations or even recent game you know it doesn't have to be like something that influenced your work uh personally but just some favorites that you that come to mind i guess Go ahead, Sabriel. Me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I've, I, on my side, I've always, I guess it's definitely Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> it's what started, how I started. Nobuo really got me in. I blame Nobuo for, <laughs> 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 for this, by the way. Um, but yeah, I I fell in love with the music I, uh, in that game. I really love story-based games. Um, yeah, and I just kept going with the series, 8, 9, 10, 11. I, I loved everything. Masashi Hamauzu, um There's so many. I like to combine. I try to listen to some um, band music, too. Um, or, like, I watch a lot of animation films. Yeah, it's sort of a mix, but the definite one that will always be there is definitely Nobuo. So... Yeah. What about any any like other inspiration? Like I know you mentioned just like other just regular like band music, any stuff like outside of game music that you maybe pull into your compositions? Yeah. um, One thing about me, I love cultures. So I I watch a lot of um, foreign um, shows. So when I was a kid, when I was a kid, when I was in high school, I think that's when it started. Yeah. I just started watching different like all cultures, like any shows. I'm embarrassed to name a couple. <laughs> That's okay. I used to like Creed, so it can't get much worse than <laughs> oh. that. So. <laughs> he admits it. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I, I'm definitely. I, I yeah, I'm too scared to name some right now. But yeah, there's there's a, it's it's foreign. A lot of foreign stuff. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What about you, Ivy? As far as like game music or yeah, music in general that you kind of like to draw inspiration from, or just that you like. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I just breathe music so it's you know every everything i listen to makes its way back into my music somehow but in terms of yeah. game music um my original inspiration was koji kondo of course yes. um, oh yeah you know just his music for um mario and zelda and Star Fox. um yes i love kazumi totaka's music um mm. especially animal mm-hmm. crossing and 
Um, one of my early inspirations is wave race music. Yes. Um, Ooh, yes. And also, <laughs> like, I think my favorite soundtrack of all time is Bomberman 64 by Aki Fumitada. Oh, oh I, yes. yeah. I feel like, awesome. I don't know how many people know of that one, but definitely um, composers who write very similar to me tend to know that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I think one of my favorite things about it is just the choice in sounds and the just the sound palette is so unique and i think because of soundtracks from the nintendo 64 era like i i think in terms of palette when i'm composing very often like Mm -hmm. you know how artists will choose like a color palette um for me i'm like the first thing i do when i open up a song i start thinking about the sound palette like what colors do i want to paint this song with and bomberman 64 is such a strong example of a good palette for me. Um, same with Mischief Makers, if any of you have played that game. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That's so like treasure action. Favorite. We love us some treasure action. Shake, yeah. shake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think that game also was so impactful for me as a kid because the lead character, I didn't really think about it at the time, but, you know, the lead character is this girl robot, and yep. the music is just so catchy and wild it's so weird and um it really impacted me um for a lot of my own work um recent i think for recent games um i just finished playing a game called paradise killer um Ooh, yeah the music is really cool um it like i, I guess i would describe that game as kind of like a uh, vaporwave ace attorney <laughs> yeah Ooh. yeah speaking my language that's yeah. awesome yeah uh, it's a little i'm a little sensitive to like violence so it was a little hard for me to stomach at times but um the music was really cool and i've been listening to it on repeat a lot lately nice nice um, as far as non-game music inspirations go um i love joe hisaishi's music um he scored the Studio Ghibli films by uh, oh, Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah. What about you, uh, Sabria? What were some of like, like what got you into music in the first place? Um, I, I've been playing the violin since I was uh, six years old. So oh, I was already, <laughs> yeah. already in the music. Um, I think I started composing. I wanted to learn the piano, um, but my parents didn't have funding to, to support that. They were already funding um, for the violin. So mm-hmm. yeah, during like high school days, I was like, I didn't, I was kind of like a quiet, I was, I'm still kind of a quiet person, I think. So mm-hmm. I was, would go to practice rooms and I kind of self-taught myself how to play the piano and I, would, I did some compositions and I would, yeah. And I think I showed two of my friends back then. They're like, oh my God, it sounds like film game music. And yeah, that was the start of it. Um, yeah. For mostly for composing that, you know, along with just seeing that there are other music outside of orchestral music. So so, and I got, I was really attracted to that. Um, it's a long story. It's a very, very long story. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot more into this, but yeah, I've been a violinist. I'm, I'm a music, I've been in music since I was, yeah. So. As long as wow. you can remember, basically. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you both, uh, the last composer that we had on the podcast mentioned that he almost never plays the games that he works on. <laughs> um, I know that this is maybe the first game that you fully kind of score the soundtrack for, but have you both played It Can Fell at all? I mean, I, I haven't played the current version that's out there with all the new patches, but I did have yeah. to play it in order to implement all the music or um, write up implementation instructions for the music. 
Um, since it's such a narrative-heavy game, it was really important for me to get a chance to play through the whole thing just to make sure all the moments were syncing up. And we had yeah. like such a long spreadsheet of cues and how to put the music in. Like, you know, after this line, the music needs to dip out here. And then like on this expression, the music needs to come in. And um, just I think those little touches really make a big difference for the story. And we made sure to go through the whole thing. I've actually noticed that as playing through, like how smoothly it kind of transitions in and out of different themes. Like the, some games can just be so like, it just feels like a jarring, like as soon as this menu screen closes, like the music changes, like on a dime, you know, where this, it always feels like a smooth transition. And I really appreciate that. It keeps you sucked into the experience. And I know these two guys always kind of dog me for uh, not like wanting to read in games all the time. And I know you mentioned I, I it's really I haven't even noticed like I'm usually like we've been playing Hades lately and I'm just these guys they're like, oh, the story's awesome. I'm like, there's a story in this game. I just want to play the roguelike <laughs> action. But like when I'm playing Ickenfell, it's like I, I really am like I, I that is something I notice is like when I when I'm listening to music, it is hard to focus sometimes. And I, I do find myself getting fully absorbed into those cutscenes in between kind of segments and that might be part of the partly the way the game is just structured and broken up it just feels good and the fact that you can see the enemies on the overworld map like you're never getting surprised and like getting thrown off your the rhythm of your gameplay but yeah i I just have really found that yeah I'm, i'm just fully immersed in this game and i do think that you know that those little decisions you know even if you're not noticing it you know i i don't think i was thinking like oh the music's pulling back and i'm really able to focus on reading this segment of the game but like i now that you mention it it's like it's totally true for 100% because i'm getting fully absorbed in those segments i think if it feels smooth and unnotice- and unnoticeable then i'm I'm doing the job that I wanted to do <laughs> like i i really want to just compliment what's there um I definitely think that working on Steven Universe for the last seven years influenced how we did the music for the game, Um, not just in terms of pulling back, but in terms of emotional pacing. And the game itself, um, like there's so much character acting. It's like almost visual novel-like. There are so many individual portraits and expressions. And I think Chevy Ray, the developer, even recently said that there were some moments that required exactly one portrait that gets used once just for a specific emotion. Mm -hmm. And I think we did that with the music, too. Um, There are a few pieces that Sabrielle wrote that just occur once in the game um, because there's just a specific moment where no other piece of music fits. And you just have to create that moment you know, the, the right song to like, to really convey that narrative. So Ickenfell has a lot of moments like that, just one-off things that get used once, whether it's art or music. Pardon me. Yeah. You can, you can definitely feel that. I think even like the, like you mentioned some of the portraits for the characters, but even the way they kind of move in their little, I don't know if it's like a true, like eight bit style, but the pixel art style, like the expressiveness of the characters, like sometimes the animations are like maybe just one frame, but like if they're like nodding their head or shaking their head, like it's really, really expressive. Um, and I really appreciate that. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm really, really enjoying how charming this game is. It's so wild how portraits and music setting make such a big difference too. Um, like if you, say a line of dialogue like for example if you say the word nice like it can totally change meaning depending on what 
portrait you pair with it Mm -hmm. and like for example if like if a character kind of you know looks unimpressed and looks away and says nice then it's like sarcastic um but if a character has a huge grin on their face and the text is nice then it sounds like they're really excited um so like those little decisions really impact how you perceive what they're saying and um, we tried to do the same thing with the music where you know we really thought about what's the emotion happening here um and how do we best convey it like do we need to um like undermine what you're seeing a little bit like to like plant the seed of doubt or do we want to um like double down on what you're seeing on screen and like enforce those um uh, affirm those emotions um i mean when slash and i were working on the game we um (laughs) we you, you know sometimes when you're working on on a project you kind of like do weird things that (laughs) nobody else will ever know. But, um, (laughs) we, we definitely experimented with like, um, you know, just to make ourselves laugh, like putting a really silly, goofy song in really traumatic moments, like just to (laughs) see how that would play. And it's really ridiculous, like, like (laughs) totally wrong for the scene. (laughs) And, you know, the music has such a big impact on these scenes. And I think that we, we tried to make the most thoughtful and careful decisions that we could in placing the songs. Yeah. How do, how much, uh, like, I know you mentioned that you're working on, like, implementing the songs into the game, too. Like, how does that process work? I know you mentioned, like, having, like, a document on how to implement it. Or are you actually working on the game itself, on the implementation, like, coding or anything like that? Or is it just strictly kind of letting them know, hey, here's where this should go, so on and so forth, not to oversimplify that process, because I'm sure it's very detailed. No, um, our sound design team did most of the music implementation. Um, we just supplied very detailed spreadsheets um, that would... The instructions are very technical. It's so the opposite of like how you feel when you're writing music. Like <laughs> yeah. It'll be like, um, when player confirms this dialogue box, start this song. And then like when this character says this line do a fade out of two seconds um to silence and you know just really technical instructions like that and i i think that it really helped me to have some experience as a kid playing with rpg maker because i kind of understand the basics of like how to trigger an event (laughs) and like So sometimes when I'm looking at something in game, it's not just going, oh, hey, when this character walks here, do this, but more thinking like, you know, when this walk animation like gets triggered, like do this. So I think it helped me like um, be very specific in describing where thing or how the music should be implemented. Yeah. And I I think you could even say that for the game as a whole. Like, I really like how the game kind of. It doesn't overly guide you, but at the same time, I'm, I never feel lost. Like a lot no, of times yeah. I stop playing like a, an RPG or a Metroidvania because I'm just like, wait, what was like, I'll pick it up again. And what what was I doing Absolutely. again? Like this game just straight up, you pause it, shows an arrow on the overworld map of like, this is where you're trying to get to. And there's a little like dialogue box that says what you're supposed to be doing. So even if it's been like today when I booted it up, it had been maybe four or five days since I played. And it was just like immediately like, oh, yeah, I got to get to the library and, and meet the professor. 
So it's it, I really like like the way the game's paced out. I think not only like it just seems like it was a very well thought out game on on all angles. You know, not just the music, but just yeah, it, it just is thought out and and played out in a very well paced manner. I think Chevy's a really talented designer and coder and artist. Um, he did all of that by himself. Jeez. Um, oh geez yeah (laughs) did did he have any previous games before this i don't know how i I tried looking into it but it seemed like this is the only game i saw other than maybe some small projects prior he's he's released some games before this i think they're mainly small projects but he's most known for releasing the flash punk engine which a lot of um to my understanding a lot of developers have used that and that's how a lot of people have come across his work so like um he, I think something that he's great with is just providing resources for other people. Um, but yeah, playing this game, it, it's, it was so smooth to even just test it, you know? It, I, I think uh, the, the, some of the quality of life things in this game, um, I got spoiled by them for sure. Like, I would mm-hmm. play other games and I, I would feel like, oh, I, I really like the way our game presents text or... You know, I really like the noise like that the sound designers did for this thing. And um, I think it's a good feeling when you actually like what you're working on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Yeah. But I think we can wrap things up uh, this week uh, for the episode. And we just want to say a huge, huge thank you to uh, Ivy and Sabriel for joining us uh, this week on the podcast. We don't do guests all the time, but we're really, really stoked to have uh, have them here with us today. Absolutely. But uh, where can people uh, find you both on the Internet? I know we've obviously kind of harped on Ickenfell, but where can people find your other stuff uh, online? Uh, Ivy, we'll start with you. Um, Suresh and I have a Bandcamp page. It's ivy-surashu.bandcamp.com. Um, we have the Ikenfell soundtrack there and our first album called The Black Box, which is a um, piano and chiptune duet album. Um, we're also on Spotify and you can find all of our Steven Universe instrumental music on there. And we're also on SoundCloud and Twitter under the handle ivysura. Awesome. And we'll have links to all that too in the episode description. And then uh, how about you, Sabriel? Where can people find you online? Uh, probably my SoundCloud. Uh, it's at Sabriel A Music. Um, all of my pieces that I've ever done are on there. And my website, just, just a description, a little bit more about me. So just my first and last name, SabrielAugustin.com. Awesome. Yeah. And same deal. We'll have links to all that uh, in the episode description. And otherwise, you can find our stuff at pursuingpixels.com. You can chat with us on Discord, uh, Twitter, all that stuff. We'll have the links at the bottom of the episode description for that stuff, too. But uh, until uh, next week, we will uh, catch you then and uh, take care and catch you next time. Bye bye. 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 Yeah. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. Absolutely. For sure. It was great. Um, I have a question for everybody, if that's okay. Sure. Oh, yeah. Please, please. Do you have a favorite video game song? Video game song? If I had to pick one just off the top of my head, and I don't know the name of it, but it's it's a song in Super Mario Land on the Game Boy. 
Yeah, um, that's a good I one. It's like the first song at like the first time you're in the, I think it's the second world of the game. And oh. I, I'm just, this is just nonsense. But as soon as you get to like the water world, I know exactly um, the song you're thinking of. And that's like a great song. That's like all I know it by, but that song is in my head on a weekly basis. Like I haven't played that game since I was a kid. That's such a weird title too, because like the, the what the star music in that game is like can can <laughs> like, <laughs> it's such a weird yeah. game yeah it's like a it feels like a bootleg mario game it's, almost it really like <laughs> it's so good it, though it really does and you can beat that sucker in like bad. 30 minutes yeah it's not bad it. and there's like little shoot 'em up stages it's pretty fun but yeah that's like if i if for me if i had to pick a song i don't know the name but i'll maybe put a link in the episode description but that's the first song that comes to mind what about everybody else Oh my gosh. Randall, do you need more time? Cause <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> okay. Um, the first things that come to mind are like the original Metroid soundtrack, like hip Tanaka is just, I think, and a perfect soundtrack. Like, I think that it does such a good job of like getting atmosphere and like, Oh yeah. Also just being like really catchy at times and really creepy and unsettling at times. I, I love it. I think all of the Metroid soundtracks since have been great and like really capturing that vibe but i think it's just incredible like to do that on an nes um but also uh, uh ivy when you brought up uh, the bomberman 64 soundtrack one of my favorite soundtracks is actually the bomberman hero soundtrack which oh, is nice. an incredible like drum and bass soundtrack for some reason <laughs> and like i uh, i forgot who like the composer is on that but like I remember when I look, looked her up once and I was like, what else has she done? And like, that's the only soundtrack she did. And then she like moved oh, to Iran and became like a like specialist in like Persian drumming. Like, wow. She wow. Like, okay. dev- like made one video game soundtrack that's like really like late 90s drum and bass and then went into like really specific like drumming and percussion. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. When what I think, about you, Randall? When I think soundtracks, I guess, and maybe because it got brought up earlier too, it's just in the top of mind, but like Star Fox, just like mm-hmm. soundtrack comes to mind, just that like propel forward action, like, I don't know, just something about that heroic, like momentum of music is just like always hits the right spots when I'm playing Star Fox or Star Fox 64. But actually, the original Star Fox soundtrack, that first level, I just love that song so much, even though I'm a bigger fan of Star Fox 64. Is that the Corneria theme? I think it is, yeah. That song's awesome. Oh, yeah. I always get love really it. emotional listening to the um, ending to the original Star Fox. The, yeah. You know, the, the, oh, yeah. the big orchestral piece, it's so beautiful. They got the most out of the Super Nintendo for sure in many ways. <laughs> yeah. And I guess while we're talking about rare, it's hard to hard to gloss over Donkey Kong Country too. Yeah, I like always anything think about from that David too. Wise, like I think he is a genius. Like uh the, like the original three Donkey Kong Country games are amazing. And then like Donkey Kong Country Returns, I love that game. But like the really the only difference between that one and Tropical Freeze is like it has David Wise doing the music instead of somebody like impersonating David Wise. And no, no offense to that soundtrack. It still sounds great on returns, but yeah, Didn't I love Grant the Donkey Kirk Kong Hope do Country. That? The other one? What's that? Was it Grant Kirkhope that did the other 
TK oh, returns? I don't know. I okay. just I just know they made a big deal about David Wise coming yeah. back oh, for yeah. Tropical Freeze. Yeah. So I was like, oh yeah. And it's but it's like that's another game where like there's like musical mo like movements that kind of like go along with the gameplay. I yeah. just yeah, I love that. What about you, uh, Sabriel, on the game music? I'm going to say, I'm just going to stick with uh, eyes on me. Actually, um, recently, like one of my favorite songs is probably one from Ivy's, <laughs> from Make and Fell. Um, oh, nice. Oh, <laughs> <no way. laughs> yeah, I, I'm not kidding when I say it's my favorite song. <laughs> I listen to it quite a bit. Yeah, so Roof's, right, right now it's Roof's Torn, but anything outside of that, probably go with like um, eyes on me as a really, I really like always gets me um from final fantasy Mm eight um and uh there's 10 to also um there's a lot i basically can play every final fantasy game that's how obsessed i am Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the music on the violin i played all of them nice Um, nice i'm a nerd in that everyone knows that it's it's known (laughs) um but yeah um yeah I, i love 1000 words yeah, me um, too. I cried. I cried at that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, the story and then the music. It was just, yeah. <laughs> I haven't played the game, but I um, know that song. And actually, um, you know, Renko, who sang Gilda's theme from Ikenfell, um, she came to visit last year, and we... Um, I played piano while she sang that song, like, just in mm, my wow. living room. <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. That's so yeah. cool. It's one, yeah, it's that's definitely really one of the memory. tunes that was stuck in my head earlier. What about uh, what about you, Ivy? Do you have a favorite video game song? Since you posed the question to all of us, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, well, I talked before about Bomberman '64 being my favorite overall soundtrack, but I think my favorite song is um, it's probably "Corridor of Time" from Chrono Trigger. Mm, nice. Okay, God, that soundtrack is so. Oh good. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that song so much because um, I think I first heard it when I was 16 um, I ac- and it actually prompted me to play the game on an emulator. Um, <laughs> but what I love about that song is like it creates such a complicated feeling in the way that it juxtaposes all these different elements. Like there's a um like the tonality is very jrpg very familiar but the instruments being used um like are not instruments that would normally play those kinds of songs so they're uh or those kinds of chords so you kind of get this feeling of like something that's familiar and far away and the harmonies are sad but the song is performed with this lighthearted bounce so mm-hmm. it's just like all these different feelings mashed together and it creates something very bittersweet and that's always been so striking to me and um i love it a lot <laughs> yeah no they could really make those kind of like fake orchestral soundtracks on the super nintendo oh, yeah. sing i think I, I really love how they could get that i guess they would kind of have to add sound chips to the cartridges to really make it work but yeah i i, I love the the music of that game although I, I haven't really played much of chrono trigger if i'm being honest get that ds version it's the way to go i have it with the soundtrack oh. i have it with the sound there i got go. the cd sitting on my shelf i just <laughs> don't haven't played it yet like half of my other games yeah I, yeah <laughs> i know that 